This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode 281. We are the Fight Disciples. This is dedicated to the world of boxing. Lots been going on over the weekend, so we've got a lot to get through. If this is the first time you've ever come across us, by the way, you can subscribe via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Fightdisciples.com is our website. If you need an Android feed or you need a Spotify or a Google Plus or whatever you need, it's all on our website. Loads of videos on there as well as just the podcasts. Now, I apologise for my uh, colleague's uh, husky voice. Both of us were at UFC London at the weekend, and therefore it's taken its toll on us, um, of which we'll tell you more about of how we've come to how we're feeling today on that show. So if you're a subscriber, you'll get two shows. Obviously, there's a UFC one, but this one's dedicated to the world of boxing because straight after UFC London, we got our, uh, got our pyjamas on, didn't we? We are all holed up in a little hotel room watching a little bit of uh, the truth go to work. On a certain Mr. Garcia. Go on, go on, go on. You can say it if you want. You can say it. Go on, say it. I was wrong. No, 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 no. I don't want you to say it like that. I want you to say you was right. I don't want you to say that. I don't want you to admit that you got it wrong. Oh, I want, sorry. I want you to say that I got it right. No, you were you were almost spot on. Mm. You were almost spot on. Your late your your prediction of a 10, 11, 12 stoppage was mm. absolutely can I, almost can I, on. The can money. I just say something, um, Mikey Garcia? If you're listening to the show, I'm absolutely fuming with you. I told you about my bet, didn't I? Yep. I told you. I said that the UFC had ended round two. And I said that Spence had stopped Garcia. The fight had ended between 10, 11 and 12. Wait. When your brother asked you if you wanted to carry on at 10, I'm <laughs> screaming at the fucking TV, mate. That's it, Mikey. Call it a day, son. <laughs> Daddy's going to get Brewstead. <laughs> no. Because you've got bloody bollocks like watermelons, you decided to carry on, didn't you? You did me, sunshine. Did me. Did you good style? Mm. 375 quid, 75 to one. I only had a fiver on it. 375 quid, mate. Sat there waiting. Wait, I was there. I'd already spent it. I said, Mikey, just say yes. Say yes. He'll throw the towel for you now, son. I was so um, disappointed. I've got to be honest. I was so disappointed in Mikey Garcia and their whole team. But then I was so in awe of Errol Spence. But, that, you know, I'm kicking myself. You know, it was when Errol Spence came over here for Kel Brook, we on this show, we both said Errol Spence he's is going to do him. He's going to do Kel Brook. Errol Spence is the real deal. He's the truth. They don't call him the truth for nothing. Plus, so, we'd heard about Mayweather's gym and him giving everything. people yeah, yeah. murders and all of that course, type of stuff. Everyone yeah. we'd spoke to in the US had said Errol Spence is the fucking truth for the reason. This guy is legit. He will do a number on Kel Brook. So we were all on the gravy train. But Mikey Garcia, you've you been out, lad. Did your voice all right? It's gone, hasn't it? It's gone after the weekend. <laughs> UFC's killed me. When Mikey Garcia stepped up, my whole logic behind Mikey Garcia jumped up to yet another weight division to take on someone as as strong as Errol Spence was that he knew something we didn't. Like mm. he, he knew something. It's like when Bellew fought fought David Hay. Fuck what the bookies say. This guy knows something. He's chosen this fight. He's chased this fight. Yeah. Mikey Garcia could have gone back to lightweight, his natural weight division, took on Lomachenko and competed for pound for pound supremacy. But instead, he, he jumped up two weight divisions from his natural weight, another weight division yeah, on yeah, top yeah. of where he's won a belt before to take on Errol Spence. And as we said last week, potentially, then you go, okay, well, this guy must be the pound for pound best in the world then. It's about who you beat, about ability. So I thought, you've seen something we haven't. Yeah. You've seen an open and a way of beating Errol Spence that, shit, okay, well, I'm not going to bet against you then because you're pursuing this. Yeah. You know something. Mm -hmm. 
Then he gets in there and I'm like, you know shit, son. You know shit. You, you've showed Errol Spence no respect whatsoever. You've got in there and you're getting your head jabbed off. You've got no head movement whatsoever. Yeah. It's like he, he, he looked at El Spence and went, yeah, your boxing ability is shit. I'll close the distance, no problem. So you're just going to walk forward and let him pick it off. Kind of At one point, I was embarrassed for Mikey Garcia. Embarrassed for him because you've set up this big fight in Texas. Massive Mexican crowd there as well. You made this happen. This is why it's going on. El Spence never called you out. You called him out. You, you jumped away from Lomachenko, a massive fight to take on Mikey Errol Spence. When Errol Spence, in hindsight, he should be fighting fucking Terence Crawford yeah. to see who's the best welterweight on the planet. And Mikey Garcia should be fighting Lomachenko to see who's the best lightweight on the planet. But instead, Garcia made this fight happen. For what? For what reason? To get embarrassed? To get pissed all over? Uh, that, that's what I come away with thinking, fuck me, son. What are you doing? A stu- Listen, he's daring to be great. And in a couple of weeks' time, one of our own dares to be great. Yeah. In fact, two of our own. First, we've got Crawler. Then we've got Khan. And our rhetoric will be just fucking get behind them because they're daring to be great. And in some ways, I feel like that about Mikey Garcia now in hindsight. Maybe we should have been a little bit more just like, ah, oh, he's having a go. Come on. He's having a go to be great. He's trying to be pound for pound yeah, number one. Listen, How great is that? Yeah, but you weren't the only one to say it. There were tons of people. So I had Technically, this mate, guy's in it. I had, I had tons of conversations. And we're going to get onto this in a minute about picking a fighter in a fight, right? We'll get to that in a moment or two. But, all right, you've thrown shade on Garcia's efforts in this fight. Spence was, oh, was outstanding. Curious, I, said, I said last week, and any radio station that had me on last week talking about this fight, I said, Forget size. He's got more than just size to bring to yeah. this fight. I understand that everybody's look. Oh, he's he's a, he's a middleweight. This fella. He's absolutely massive. He's just going to be too big and too strong. Yeah, okay. That did maybe play a little bit of a factor. But when the first bell went, technically he was outstanding. He's footwork in and out of range. Yeah. He mastered range. I was thinking, fuck me, this is a, this is even better than I envisaged because I didn't yeah. think he'd do it in the first part of the fight. No. I thought he'd have to figure it out during the fight. Yeah. I thought from six onwards, that's when he'd take over. But from the first bell, he mastered range. He did not waste the shot. The way that he used his jab was outstanding from going body, head, yeah. back to the body for a bit. He was making Mikey think, where the fuck is this guy going next? I don't know where he's going. Yeah. And the, every single one was with a bit of venom and so precise. I thought he was outstanding, mate. The only thing that I probably would take away from it, round nine, when he's absolutely throwing the kitchen sink on him, I'm th- now maybe I look at Mikey, Mikey Garcia being a tough bastard at this particular point. Yep. A finish would have just put the cherry on top of it, wouldn't it? Mm. A finish would have just put the... T- put the money in your pocket. Well, it would have put... But forget that. I'm talking about... when we Because we're now going to obviously have this comparison of Spence Crawford, who's the best. Right in this particular division, and we say all the time, whenever we see Crawford, Crawford, yeah, he's a technically sound boxer, brilliant southpaw, brilliant orthodox, doesn't waste a shot. We don't even know which is his strongest hand at times. He's that good, mm-hmm. but he's always looking for a finish, always yeah. looking, constantly looking for a finish. And at the end of the fight, I just thought maybe Spence was just like going, "I've won this fight, and I'll just box your fucking head off." Yeah, he but, did. He did have a go nine and ten. Yes, he, he did. Went for the finish nine and ten, but and then when he realized- didn't come. Because if you, if you remember, Spencer's corner at one point shouted over to Robert Garcia and was going, fucking get him out. Yeah. He said, get him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they were just like adamant. They were gonna, he's, he's Mexican, man. They ain't going to pull him out. Yeah. They would never have pulled him out. But there was, 
was flashes in this fight where you're like, mate, how good is Errol Spence? Yeah. Like, how good is he? I, I, I want to see him. Does it? Like, well, when does they got it? Pacquiao in afterwards, it was like, no, 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 that's an easy fight Listen, for him. Pacquiao don't want, Pacquiao. Did you see Pacquiao's face? Know, he's like, yeah. get, get Manny Pacquiao over here. Pacquiao was like, going, no, I don't want to fucking go over there. <laughs> yeah. No, leave me alone. What, exactly. Nothing to do with me. Yeah, we can do the fight. No, that, listen, that fight ain't happening. Pacquiao's no. never going to let that fight happen. I'm telling you now because he'll get his fuck it. He'll end his career. Yep. The thing about that performance from Spence, does it now just cast a little bit of doubt of who is the best Spencer Crawford? Absolutely. Because that fight is outstanding. It, it's got to because of that kind of performance. And listen, again, Mikey Garcia's output in the fight was so disappointing. His, his approach to the fight was so disappointing. He just had no, he seemed to have no plan B. But, no, but was no he allowed C. to? Was but he that, allowed to? That's what I mean. How would you look at it? Yeah. Was was Spence just that good? Yeah, I that think so. That someone of the ability of Garcia just couldn't figure him out, just couldn't couldn't break him down, couldn't, couldn't upset his rhythm. So then you look at, because going into this fight, listen, I wasn't the only one that, uh, that fancied Garcia. Mm-hmm. Loads of people did. Yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, for one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which Spence called him out about afterwards <laughs> as well. Yeah, rightfully so, man. Of course. Yeah. It's like, listen, don't deny me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lot better than you all think. I've got the boxing ability. So now that that's the big question mark. Who's the best welterweight in the world? However, going into this fight, we both said last week, if Garcia wins, yep. he's potentially pound for pound best boxer on the planet. Yeah. After a performance like that from Meryl Spence, as good as it was, as accomplished it was, because it was such a one-sided fight, mm-hmm. It's hard to argue he's the best pound-for-pound boxer on the planet. He's in the question now, is he the best welterweight in the planet? Yeah. And if he it was to beat Terence Crawford, my goodness, he probably is the best pound-for-pound on the planet. But it's hard to look at that and see, because Garcia was so poor in what was supposed to be a 50-50 fight, it was so easy, let's mm. be honest. Mm. Spence hardly... Then going out for the 12th round, he wasn't even blown for tucks. Mm. He wasn't even out of breath. Mm. Like He's so controlled with what he does. Technically, he's so superb. He wastes nothing. Mm. And the commentary team on PBC, I'm not a big fan of them because they're obsessed with punch stats. Yep. And sometimes punch stats don't tell the tale of a story, but in, in, don't tell the tale of a fight. But in this case, they fucking did. Yep. You know, he hit him with four or five times as many punches than Mikey Garcia landed. It was faultless, absolutely faultless from te- to Errol Spence. And he's, he's got to be right up there now. Mm. From, absolutely. Mike, well, from Mikey Garcia's point of view, again, we did refer to this on the show last week. When he fought Bronner at 140 or what, it was 142 or something like that, some random, yep. random weight. He didn't carry the power. He outboxed him. He mugged him off. There's no question about that because of his superior ring IQ. But he never made a dent in Brauner. Now, Brauner's technically a 135, maybe even a 130-pound fighter. And he couldn't damage him. So that's where my doubt first came in. Because I think if Garcia was to do anything in this fight, he had to sting Spence early. And I didn't think he could carry the power up to 147. Listen, he didn't even land to be able to, no, to, 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 to judge whether he had the power or not at All 147. All three judges gave Spence every single round. He did. It was an absolute shutout. Absolute shutout. <clears throat> so from, from that point of view from Mikey, where at the end when he's doing his interview and he's like going, we, we don't know whether we're going to stay at welterweight. Yeah, yeah, you do. You're not staying at welterweight. No. I wouldn't even say stay at 140, mate, because you didn't. Yes, you outboxed Broner at 140, but you didn't make a dint. You are, when you came back from that hiatus and you fought... Uh, in and you starched him at 135. I'm yep. thinking to myself, this is this is it. We are gearing now towards the Lomachenko super fight. Yeah. Now that's the fight. That's the fight that we all want to see. But I've got a problem now because we've seen so many fighters in the past stick on extra muscle mass, stick on extra weight, and go up silly weights. Now he's put on an extra stone in effect yep. from where he should be at. Yeah. That is going to take its toll on his body. There's no question about that. And if he goes down to 135 now and fights Lomachenko next, 
Lomachenko will batter him. But is that the fight now? Can, I, can that still sell as big as it was? I don't know. I don't know. I think he I, needs I to go to 135 and maybe do, do somebody else of a name yeah. at 135 and then try and build that fight back up. We need to see if, he's, if his body's not battered. I, I think he needs to go down now and win a version of the world title back. Has he still got? Is he, <coughs> has he still got the WBC lightweight belt? Yes. Um, he's the he's the he's the, the w- IBF and the WBC. Isn't he, he gave up the IBF one. I'm sure he did. Right. I might be. Listen, people will correct us on, on social media. When he beat Robert Easton, he still unified the two belts, didn't he? Yeah. Two so, of them then. So my understanding is is that he's the WBC champion because there's a sti- yeah because there's this thing with um, Luke Campbell at this moment in time where he's next in line for fighting for that. Isn't so it? that's the fight now. I think he's got to go back and defend against Luke Campbell because I think right now the biggest fight out there for Lomachenko is is a weight division below against Javonta Davis. Yeah, for Loma. For Loma, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah, why, yeah. why would Loma fight Mikey Garcia now? He's just been absolutely schooled and lost every single round against Errol Spence, albeit two weight divisions above. Mm. Where's the attraction now? Yeah, It's been done. It's always gone. The guy's beatable. There's a blueprint to beat him. So if Lomachenko boxes his head off for 12 rounds, people go, oh yeah, you just did what Errol Spencer's yeah. just done. So you're saying, Loma go down fight Javonta Davis. That's the biggest fight for Loma now. Right, put a super fight on at the uh, 130. Mm-hmm. And then if Mikey Garcia comes down and puts on a great Defense show against, against Luke, Luke Campbell. Campbell, looks a million dollars again, yeah. then the, the rhetoric is back there to go, right Loma, get back up to 135 and, and let's do they, it. Because then Garcia, Team Garcia come out and go, listen, we dared to be great. We went way and beyond where we yeah. should have gone. This is where we should be. And they can go, way and beyond we should have gone. That's something Lomachenko will never do because he's, he's not brave enough. But listen, we've come back now. We've rebuilt. We've got our title back. Hmm. We want Lomachenko. Let's see who's the best lightweight in the world. That's the only way it happens because right, it, it's impossible to sell. Hmm. It was that... Spence was that one-sided. It was such a. After two rounds, you thought, "Why did why did Gar- why did Team Garcia want this? Why this fight? Why us? We 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 said that straight away, and that's what pulled me in. I was like, <laughs> he knows something we don't. Into <laughs> now we know he didn't know fuck all. He just underappreciated what L. Spence could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L. Spence schooled. Just just on that because I, I alluded to the fact that we were going to do we we're going to chat about predictions of fights at the start of this, right? This is sport. You'll never catch me having a do at somebody else for getting a sporting prediction wrong. Yeah, you go, you go. That's yeah. what you do. You especially see, fight sports. Yeah, especially fight sports. But even in football, whatever, right? Yeah. So you make a prediction. You go with your team. Sometimes it's biased. Sometimes it's not biased. Sometimes it's an educated guess. Sometimes it comes from a place of uh, of real knowledge. Whatever. Yeah. But this is sport. Anything can fucking happen in sport. It's all right. Us all sitting here now and going. Well, of course Spence did that, right? Yeah. Of course. But you pick Garcia, right? You are not the only person to pick Garcia. God, no. So many educated minds in the world of boxing mm-hmm. pick Garcia. So many so many people that I respect were going with Garcia. And that was the beauty of the debate going into the fight. That's why it was such a big fight. That's Absolutely. why there was 70,000 or 50,000 so inside all, the exactly. audience. <laughs> you so, know, the Texas so we're stadium. all sat there. We're having this discussion. You're giving legit reasons as to why he's going to win. And I'm going... He's actually convincing me a little bit here, but fuck it. I'm going to stick with my thought process of, listen, I know that Spencer's got the skills and the size will play a factor in the second part yeah. of this fight. That's that's what I was at, okay? Now, next week, we might have another fight. You'll say something and I'll say something and it'll go the other way. You'll be right and I'll be wrong, right? That's just the nature of fight sports. I don't get these dudes that come on social media on the Sunday morning and then they're like, I don't know, maybe they've they've screenshotted something from somebody for, from a couple of years ago or a couple of weeks ago, and they've, they're retweeting something. And the next thing you know, they're posting it, and they're tagging every man and his dog in going, told you so, this guy knows fuck all. <laughs> what do you mean this guy knows fuck all? He got a, he got a fight wrong. Listen, <laughs> there's fights on every single week. Yep. 
all over the world. Yep. And we run a fucking fight podcast that is the two times winner of the British Podcast Awards. We talk about these fights every single week. So therefore, on average, we're making about 20 predictions a week. <laughs> we're going to get some fuckers wrong. That's yep. what's going to happen. And you know if we didn't? How boring would it be? How boring would the It'd sport be? Shite. How boring would the sport if be? If we were sat here going, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. happened every week. Now, don't get me wrong, you make a few quid at the fucking bookies, <laughs> right? But the bookies would get onto you and they won't give you the odds, mate. Because yeah, exactly. that's, that's sport. Yeah, of course. There you go. 2011, I told you that David Price was going to be the world champion, heavyweight world champion. I got it wrong, all right? He let me down. That's just the way it is. It's just life, yeah. Bullshit. Um, on the undercard, Benavidez. David Benavidez. Oh, Listen, little corkhead's back. I'm happy. Um, because Callum needs a knock. Yeah, he does. He needs a proper fight. Now, when Benavidez goes in and does that against Julian Love, you think to yourself, hey, up. Hey, up. All right, he's not a, what we would class as a superstar in the UK. He's big over it with the Mexican yep. crowd, no question about that. But Callum needs a proper knock. Mm-hmm. Is that the one? Could well be, yeah. Absolutely. Especially with Callum being very well ranked with the WBC before he became the WBA champion. So you well, the, the problem division. though, because the WBC have always favoured Darrell. So Darrell's well, Darrell's the champ. He's the, I mean. he's, the, he's the champion recess at the moment, isn't it? It took them about four years to give him that belt. They're not going to want him to, to take that belt away from him. But Benavidez should be campaigning for that fight. Benavidez should go, well, I want my own belt back. Mm. I never lost it in the ring. Mm. So the, there's, there's two or three opponents out there. The problem with Callum Smith is that none of them are big enough to sell pay-per-view over here. So Callum's going to have to go to the US to travel. Uh, but then we talked about it last week. Why do you, you've got to go to the US these days to get the kind of money that... Stop telling everybody to go to the States, man. We're not getting any fights here. Everybody's buggering off to the States. We're going to talk about Carl Frampton in a minute. He's just signed a he's deal. He's off. Top rank, yeah. he's off as well, man. Know, exactly. Billy Joe Saunders is talking about yeah. doing one too. Do you know what Do you know what was impressive on this card, though? Did you see that Lewis ne- Neary again? Yeah, we talked about him. <laughs> Listen, this, this is the kid that we He's were where we were tipping him for the World Boxing Super Series, and I think he was down to be in there, and he lost yeah. the, he lost his belt on the he scales, the scale, didn't he? He missed the weight. Yeah, so he Japan, yeah. he's the former champ. He, he lost his belt on the scales. He's had all sorts of fucking bother outside the ring as the kid. He's come back. That I tell you what, him and Inoue. Oh, that's the biggest that's fight in the bantamweight division, no question. Yeah, because the two of them hit like freight trains, one punch knockout merchants. Let's do it, mate. What a fight that's going to be. So. Nearly, keep doing your thing. Yeah. Wait for the winner of this World Boxing Super Series if it ever happens, and <laughs> yeah. then get it on with you anyway. Please, that is the super fight, no question. Um, night before, Katie Taylor. Yeah, how good it's been great this weekend, hasn't it? Friday, double Saturday, Friday. and then a bit of Sunday. I know, amazing, mm. amazing. Katie Taylor is outrageous. Where does where does she rank for you as? Forget female fighters, Irish fighters. Well, <coughs> we've had some good ones down the years, man. We've had some amazing fighters, obviously, but she's got to be right up there already. One step from Just becoming undisputed. You know, Olympic gold medal, gone on to win all these belts. And I think once she becomes undisputed lightweight champ, she's probably going to move up to super lightweight anyway as well. So could see a multi-weight world champion. All the champs at the, at the weight category above where Katie's currently fighting. I think the WBO is actually vacant, but the WBA, IBF, and WBC champions, Katie's already beaten them yeah. in the professional game because they've all stepped up in weight to get away from her. Well, yeah, to get away from her and try and win themselves world titles. So Katie's already beaten all of those. That's the only thing with that. Then kind of brings up a question about the the depth of the talent pool of yeah. uh, of competition for Katie for her to be able to showcase her talents. I think once she becomes undisputed champion, she will step up in weight, but 
there are some top fights out there. The sad thing is, is that all those top fights are with girls that she'd have to give away maybe size advantage to. Yeah. But I think she's technically sound enough to be able to do that and take size out of the fight. And that's a, that'll define her legacy, I think. That'll, that'll make her probably the greatest Irish boxer of all time. Taking on the likes of Clarissa Shields and Cecilia Brackhouse and needs, people like that. You know, I mean, but they're big girls. Clarissa Shields is going to have to come come down. Yeah. She can't stay a fucking middleweight. Katie Taylor ain't going to go yeah, yeah, to yeah. middleweight. But if you look at Clarissa Shields, she's a fleshy middleweight anyway. You know, she's she's a, she could definitely lose a few pounds and, yeah. and still be and still be competitive. Absolutely, it wouldn't kill her far from it. So. I think Katie Taylor just needs to unify the belts in this lightweight division, move up to super lightweights, do the same thing, and then you'll see the attraction of who's the biggest, who's the biggest star in female boxing, Clarissa Shields or Katie Taylor, and eventually the, the money on the table will be too much, hmm. and Clarissa Shields will have to come down, and Katie will go up, and we'll get this high, you know, this this crossover fight. Hmm. But ultimately, by then, I think Katie Taylor will already define herself as the greatest, you know, British, UK, Irish boxer of all time, hmm. just because. She's different. She's she's like no other female boxer we've seen from this this side of the Atlantic. Mm. She's just phenomenal, an absolutely phenomenal athlete. And you know, I complain all the time about these two minute rounds just aren't long enough oh. to get finishes. But I agree, me, she gets a finish here. Yeah, I'd she agree. eventually caught the girl and got that finish. So undefeated as well, the other kid. So yeah, to stop her sensational. Exactly, of course. What do you make of Farmer Carroll? Well, sounds wrong that, doesn't it? it sounds like I've just Farmer Carroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah Farmer Carroll. Like I'm tending to some pigs. Some jam. <laughs> We called it last week, didn't we? Mm. John O's brave as fuck, tough lad. He'll go his game as anything, but this it's a sport about levels, man. And he, and he was just absolutely outclassed. Mm. You know, Tevin Farmer's a legit world champion, and John O'Carroll for me is not not world level. He's not a world level fighter, and so it proved on the night. But he did what every fighter, whether you're world class or not, should do when you get a world title shot. Yeah. Leave your balls in there, man. Go out <laughs> on your shield. Just fucking go for it. Yeah, man. And he went for it. So you can't you can't be upset with John O'Carroll. No. He left every single I think, ounce of energy he had in that ring. I think he, he's done himself a lot of favours, actually, with that Oops. type of performance because, obviously, that's on a zone card. Mm-hmm. Eddie would have looked at that and said, listen, he's in a, he's in, he had a decent fan base out there being an Irish boy on St. Patrick's weekend. I think he'll get himself some decent knocks going forward there yeah. and make himself a few quid. Absolutely. Mm. Whether he wins a world title, I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't think he will. Not in, not at this. Not when you compare him to the likes of Tevin Farmer. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and obviously, we just mentioned there that on Sunday night in the early hours of Monday morning, Michael Conlon, the most exciting thing uh, about the whole night was his ring walk. He uh, peppered his opponent and won quite comfortably in the end. Um, ring walk was amazing. Absolutely. That's a bit amazing. of you, that, isn't it? Oh, I reckon you'd sort of, so if you were a fighter, you'd do something like that. I think it's because of, I don't know whether it's because most Scousers have just got Irish blood running through them anyway, because, yeah. you know, we're just the principality. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is about St. Patrick's Day and that, that whole thing going on. But Michael Conlon feels like Michael Conlon in New York, St. Patrick's Day weekend. Seems like it's on our every Fife fans list yeah. of must do's before I die. Uh, well, you know, uh, MSG, innit? I've got, I've got me mate Chris. Chris Walker was out there, like he and, and he he texted me and was like, the fucking atmosphere is unreal. I bet it was, here. yeah. You know, I was like, you know what? I've got to do that at some stage. Maybe when maybe when Mick steps up a level and is fighting for a world title, because you know he's still fighting very much club level fighters at the moment. Yeah. And I think there was part in that fight where I was like. Could stop him here. Yeah. But afterwards, he said, listen, I was under instructions not to hit six gear. We needed rounds. I want rounds. I wanted to show stuff I'm doing. And Adam Booth came out and basically said the same thing. He said, 
Michael needs rounds. We're doing stuff in rounds that maybe fight fans can't see, mm. but we're doing to build a future world champion. You just got to bear in mind that Conlon, you know, this was this is tenth fight, eleventh fight. You know, he's still yeah early in his early in his his pro run, and they're desperate for him to be the headliner in New York on St. Patrick's Day every year. They're desperate for him to win a world title, but the scene today, this featherweight division, it ain't easy. There's mm. some top top guys in and around this weight division, so it's kind of keep the reins on as much as you can. But obviously, you want him to develop as much as possible. So, blowing away Hernandez in six rounds at the weekend, you're cheating yourself out of four rounds. He needs to experience ten because when he get, when he gets to the top level of featherweight, as I say, there's guys there that will take him twelve, that will take him to dark places. Mick Conlon needs to experience being as close to the well as he can at the moment. Mm. So he's got that good check. He knows he's got it when it matters. Did they on Paddy Barnes, who lost on the undercard in the sixth rounder? This was his comeback fight. Yeah. Have they rushed him in the pro game or not? He had two though, didn't he? You know, what, did he go to three Olympic games, win two yeah. bronze medals? You know, he's in his thirties now, Paddy, and he's not in a position like Mick where he can go a little bit slower. You know, he he's got no choice, and he's in a weight division um, that's fierce as fuck. You know, around flyweight, bantamweight, there's killers down there. We talked about it early, earlier. So they couldn't afford to rush him, and they've brought him back here kind of the right way—a six rounder, Patrick's Day, St. Patrick's Day weekend, big support. But then he gets his nose broken in the first round and, and labours through and ends up ends up losing a split decision, I think it was. But then did you see his speech afterwards? Yeah. Paddy Barnes' speech afterwards was one of the was one of the best post fight speeches I've seen and most honest because he was like, Listen, he busted me nose. For me, I lost every round. Maybe maybe this pro game's not for me. Maybe maybe I just left it too late and you know, he all but retired on Saturday night. So I don't know whether he'll stay retired or whether he might go away and think about it. But yeah, it's raw. It, it Disappointment is. and raw. Let it let the dust settle. Go and spend it some is, time with your family and make, and make a proper decision. It is, but it's it's different losing a world title. Fight yeah, of course. Twelve rounder, you know, against the, against Rosales for the WBC, the best belt out there. It's different losing that and losing a six round comeback fight when even though it was a split decision, he himself said. I lost every round in there. Mm. I don't know what the judges are watching. I lost every round. And if he's feeling like that, mm. that makes it slightly different because Paddy Barnes is coming away going, I've just lost every round there against basically a, a club-level fighter. I, I should be pissing fights like this. And if he isn't, maybe in the back of his mind, he's like, My, you know, I'm, I'm too far back down the mountain. I peaked in the Olympic days. I've left it too late. You know, and hopefully he's made some good money from the sport anyway. And, Listen, if he, if he continues, he'll still have the support, but I can kind of see where he's coming from here. Do you want to have a bet? Do you want a bet? Yeah, let's have a bet. Not not on uh, particularly on the outcome of a fight. Okay. <clears throat> on whether a fight's going to happen. Yeah. WBO have mandated uh, Kovalev versus Yard. I'll give you a thousand to one on that fight happening. Happening? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not happening, son. That's not happening. That's the bet that I want, though. I, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to bet that it's not going to happen. That's why I give you a thousand to one. <laughs> Listen, we, we've talked about Lard at length. Yard at length. Lard? We, that's an even yeah, better yeah. name. He's, he's absolutely ripped. We can't call him Lard. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing Joe that he's not. He, yeah, that's one thing that he's not. He's not Lard. We talked about him at length. I mean, I don't want to bore you again about where we both see Yard's journey and where he is right now, because you've heard it all before. Fighting Kovalev next is not uh, part of that journey no. to the top. However, the only thing that might, the only thing that might change that is that Yard might go. What have I got to lose? He's the biggest star, maybe not the hottest fighter, but he's the no. biggest star Absolutely. in this weight division. Yeah, I can do kind of what um, 
I, I can jump in, take this opportunity and prove myself that I'm at this level. Yeah. Win, lose or draw, I'm there then. I'm there then, so the big fights will come. But I just think this is not the career to trajectory that Frank wants. He wants that Calzaghe, Ricky Hatton style, maybe an IBO belt route first, and then ease him in 2020. Mm. These are the fights that you're... Of Kovalev, I could see Kovalev happen end of 2020 for yards, something like that. I think right now, it's just a little mm. bit too much, a little bit too soon. I don't think I've ever uh, come across anybody that's uh, vacated a mandatory spot. I've heard of uh, vacation of, of, of belts, yeah, but not a mandatory situation. Listen, he's just got to do what's right for him. And I, I would have no complaints whatsoever if Yard pulled out. Look at what look at Yard's entire boxing career compared to fucking Kovalev's entire career. It, it, it's it's chalk and cheese. It's mastered against the. Yeah, princess. but you know he's going to get shit for that if he doesn't take the Kovalev fight now with the with the amount with the world that we live in in yeah. social media times where people don't fully understand the business of boxing and don't really give a shit about the business of boxing. They just want to see this guy fight this guy because we're living in this on-demand world. If he doesn't fight Kovalev next, when the WBO have mandated the fight, he's going to get fucking tons, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. I hope not. He will. I hope not. You, come on, mate. You know, you know what people are like. Yeah, he it, will it, get it, tons. It'd be different if Kovalev was top rank because of the synergy now with top rank and Frank Warren. The fact you, it, it doesn't even need pace bids. It's a piss easy fight to make because they're all in cahoots with each other. Mm. That, politically, it makes it difficult because obviously Warren can go, well, Yard's one of my bright and young stars and he will only fight on top rank. He will only fight in America via the top rank channel, which mm. is ESPN. Mm. And he will only fight in the UK on BT Sports. I've been grooming him for this. Whereas Kovalev isn't attached to ESPN, as far as I know. No. So that that will help because he can go, well, not asked whether you asked for pace bids. We're not interested because our journey's over here. Our commitment to these to these broadcasters happens all the time in boxing. And I think Yard, as I say, in the position he's in right now, maybe it will only, the only way this fight happens is if Yard himself goes, I fucking want it. I don't want to miss out on fighting the biggest star in the weight division. Because, you know, Kovalev, for me, Every other every other light heavyweight contender in the sport wants Kovalev. He's he's the light heavyweight version of the red panty party, isn't he? He's the biggest paycheck. He's the biggest star. Everybody wants it. If the opportunity has fallen to Yard, I just I just don't think it's right for Yard right now. Hmm. And I won't have any beef if he pulls out if he pulls away from it. Um, Callum Johnson would take it in a heartbeat. Yeah, of course he would. We've been speaking um, about fighters that have been making, not making the name here, but been fighting here regularly recently, this is in the UK, that are now obviously up in sticks and chasing some of that American dollar. Uh, and we, you've just kind of alluded to that synergy with Frank Warren and Bob Arum and their two companies. A lot of those Frank Warren fighters now are, uh, are signing deals with ESPN and Top Rank. Carl Frampton's come out over the weekend. He signed a, a multi-fight deal. First of all, I'm delighted that Carl's carry, carrying on. Yes. He, he's not packing it in. I think he's got a lot more to offer, and hopefully they can eventually get him that Leo Santa Cruz trilogy fight, because I think there's a lot of uh, interest in that. No, there's no question. Yeah, I'm just a bit disappointed that it's looking like it's going to be in America, mate, you know? Because I love watching Carl Frampton, and it's going to cost me a pretty penny to get my ass over to the States to go and watch him live again. Absolutely. And there's talk that Billy Joe Saunders is doing the same thing. Um, there's talk that Josh Warrington might be doing the same thing. Well, of course they will. There's, and Tyson Fury's already done it. Yeah. You know? So, again, we go back to last week's show. If you want our, th our thoughts of whether the ship has sailed, it has, sadly. The ship has sailed. We are looking for new superstars here in the UK to headline yep. some bills and get us excited again. With lads retiring and uh, the cream of our crop going over to the States, it's not looking promising at this moment in time. No, it isn't, but then... For, no. for, for, for UK shows is what I'm saying. Not yeah, but... I just think we're, we're, we're kind of we're going to go back to where we were before where it's like 
you know, Green hot, Bank. Green Bank. Is not, that where we're going? No, not Green Bank. We're going no. Green Bank now. But I just mean these, the De Vere. Are we going to the De Vere? <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all about you know the UK stars establishing themselves here and then going to America for big world title fights. And you know we might get one or two world title fights a year coming back to UK shows. Don't forget, you know Warrington's world title fights going to happen here in the UK. It's been put back. I think it's May because yeah. he's injured at the moment in, in camp. But it's happening. Him and Kid Galahad's happening. It's, it's, it's happening here in the UK. So we're still gonna we're still gonna get a sprinkling, but um, it'll probably be more often than not when there's defences against mm. British and Irish fighters rather than the US fighters. Just purely, be, it's just purely down to money. Well, well, obviously um, we've got one world title fight this weekend. Yes, we do. We'll get to that in a minute. But I was going to say that uh, the British Boxing Board of Control have uh, I've mentioned your boy's name this uh, this this week, haven't they? Uh, because Ryan Walsh has been ordered to defend his uh, his title against yep. a certain Mr. Jordan Gill. There you go. Yes, yes. There's the potential headliner, Jordan Gill. Yep. He's the man. If he's moonwalking his way all over uh, British and domestic challenges, soon there will be European challenges coming our way. And who knows, he might be into, able to entice... Uh, a little bit of a world challenge at some point over the next two years uh, here on UK soil. They also mandated Fowler and Cheeseman as well. Yeah. So it was a good week for Dave Caldwell, stable of fighters, mm. two British titles mandated for them. Fowler's so. got to get through Fitzgerald first. You know, I think yeah. he will, but let's not write it off. Still think it's going to happen? What, Fowler and Fitzgerald? I just got this. Uh, you think Fitzgerald will bail. bail on it, don't you? I've been saying this since the day one. I hope he doesn't because it's the expectation now around. Because that's, fi- that's the fight on that card, mate. If he well, bails, then what's the other I fight? Actually, I actually don't. Well, it's the fight that I'm lo- most looking forward to and I think most British fans are looking forward to because of the back and forwards and certainly the social media interaction. But I actually don't think it's the best fight on there. I think, you know, uh, Robbie Davis is European title fight. That's a good a massive point, fight against Joe Hugh. That's a great fight. But anyway... I just think from the very moment Fitzgerald took that press conference in Liverpool, I just haven't liked the way he was behaving. He just seemed so uncomfortable. On edge. And now his social media is just off the chain. Like some of the shit he's coming out with on social media and stuff like that. I'm like, whoa, your personality has changed drastically here. And I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but listen, I hope I'm wrong. Mm. But from day one, I've said to you, I've not, I just, I just can't see this fight happening. I can't see Fitzgerald turning up in Liverpool. I hope back Matchroom have got a backup for Fowler. Hope I'm wrong. Mm. Hope I'm wrong with two weeks to go. Mm. Um, I've been told that the Billy Joe Saunders fight with uh, Sefat is Sufi, even though I spoke is to Billy back on again. Yeah, even though I spoke to Billy Joe Saunders and he said, listen, if it's not for a world title, it's probably not going to happen. I'll go back down to middleweight and we'll maybe pursue some other stuff. I've been told it's happening. They're putting it back for May. So that the belt's not on the line. So the WBL super middleweight belt is not on the line. However, Ramirez, who is the champ, is fighting in April, right? Mm. Now, he said that he's fighting in April. So if he goes up and he fights at light heavy, he may be forced to vacate the super middleweight belt. So I'm guessing that they're putting that card, that show back to May mm-hmm. in the hope that that belt is then vacant in the hope of then the WBL sticking it on the Billy Joe Saunders fight. Gotcha. But if it doesn't happen, I, I, think Billy, I think that fight won't happen. So therefore, if Ramirez doesn't vacate that belt, I st- I'm still confident that the fight won't happen. Okay, well, listen. Okay, let's, let's join the dots here then. Because Frank manages Anthony Yard and Billy Joe Saunders. Now, if Anthony Yard doesn't take the fight with Kovalev, then Kovalev potentially fights Ramirez for that WBO belt, freeing up the super middleweight version, which then 
Billy Joe Saunders fights with the vacant belt for. Mm-hmm. So by Frank moving his pieces around, he goes, okay, Anthony, this is not your time. Move aside. The WBO super middle belt Good gets point. vacated because Good he point. fights Kovalev. And then Billy Joe sat, fights for the WBO vacant belt. There you go. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, Fra- listen, Frank's a fucking chess master, man. Anthony will get his time. Maybe it's not right now, but by doing that, Billy Joe... <laughs> Do that again. That's award-winning, that. Let me tell you, he just, <laughs> he just dropped knowledge on you. Uh, Billy Joe's um, left Dom Ingle, by the way. Looks like yeah. he's working with uh, Ben Davidson. Yeah, it it doesn't surprise me because, obviously, Ben Davidson, what he'd done with Tyson was incredible. And, obviously, it was Billy Joe that introduced yeah. Tyson to Ben Davidson. And I think Ben Davidson, with his performance against Wilder, has kind of proved to the world that he's far more, you know, experience. Actual hands-on experience counts for nothing when you uh, when you know what you're doing, um, and I think Ben Davidson justified his role there with Tyson Fury, and I think that has allowed Billy Joe to go, okay, well, I, I want to be with my boys, kind of thing. I want to be with my team. Um, maybe surprising to the people in Sheffield because apparently it become life and soul of the party when you speak to some people, but then other people I'd spoken to had said he's not quite fit in with the Ingle camp. Mm. You know, he, he's n- a lot of those guys are. A York, a Yorkshire born and bred, you know, and there's a there's a certain mentality and of Yorkshireman. And since he's been there, click. he's had a disastrous year, hasn't he? I mean, he's getting yeah. himself in all sorts of ridiculous things outside of the ring. Yeah, maybe he needs to be around like-minded guys like Tyson. Fury. That's what I mean. Be around the likes of Ben and Tyson. You know, Tyson now he's been there. He's been in darker places than Billy Joe. And Tyson knows the only way to stay out is they keep your nose clean and and, and you know literally salvation <laughs> literally yeah is to stay in the gym mm-hmm. and, and maybe maybe Billy Joe's thinking that's going to rub off on me and it, it didn't surprise me at all when I seen it, seen it been made mm. um, I moved before I talk heavyweights again on this show Anthony Gogo's um, finally oh. called proper time yeah. you got listen I'm gutted for I just hope it, the kid finds peace because yeah. he caught the news didn't he on the last week's show literally as we were signing off I said oh shit yeah. he's just announced it and. It's been hard watching him do interviews this week. He's obviously quite emotional about it. His eyes just in a mess. He's had what's he had seven operations on his yeah. eye, yeah. and that he's had to call officially call time on it. I just hope that he's at peace with that, you know, yeah. and that he can find a niche. He can find something to to light his fire again. And because he's a young lad, he's got plenty to offer. He talks extremely well. He's a good boy. Yeah, he just you don't you do, yeah you don't you don't mind people um, not winning. But when they can't do the things that they do, because just the bodies have let them down, yeah, that's the worst thing in the world. Mate. It is, it is the worst thing, yeah, because it's so difficult to come come to terms with. And you look around because his people, mind's still a fire. Well, exactly, his body can't let him do it. And you, you look around, people who you've beaten in the amateurs, doing well in the pros, and and whatever else, and you're thinking, why, why me? You, you will always have that question, why me? Why why mm. was I the one that got the eye injury that meant that I couldn't pursue this career? And hopefully, you know, the British Boxing Board of Control do some amazing things, but I know there's not, no real deep infrastructure to support fighters like this. But this is a moment when the British Boxing Board of Control should put their arms around people like Anthony and go, go, and he's certainly not the only one, and go, listen, you know, right now you're standing into the abyss a little bit, so would you like us to fast-track you through a coaching course, fast-track you through a judging or officials course? Yeah. Because you've got so much to offer the sport. You've been at the highest level. You don't need to be abandoned. We could do with good judges and good referees like you. Or be an ambassador to talk well, about injured mean. fighters but, but or that, whatever listen, it may be. That might not be what Anthony Gogo is interested in. That yeah, might yeah. make you know, he might think that's even worse. I just wanna I just want a complete break. Yeah. But I'd I would like to think, you know, in a time when 
there's so much money in the sport and fight sports and judging and refereeing is is in you know but it's not just fight sports it's football it's everything isn't it you know that's the old complaint oh this guy's never threw a punch in his life why is he judging a fight this guy's never played a, played football at the highest level why is he why is mm-hmm. he refereeing the FA Cup final this guy's done it you know Anthony Gogo's been there and done it and maybe maybe asking him to come in as an official would be brilliant for the sport mm. I said just, that- be- just before we move on go on you see a caught up with Eubank Jr. at the weekend. Yeah, I did actually. At, at oh, I saw that he came over. Yeah, yeah. I did. He was in good spirits, man. He was. He was obviously <coughs> still buzzing. It was like three weeks removed from the night he beat De Gale in that same place. Go on, get it up, son. Get it up, lad. Go three on. Weeks going here. Yeah. But um, he was adamant. Adamant that middleweight was still like his most viable option. <laughs> Let me go and get a drink. There, there. Keep talking. Get, see if it's <coughs> done. It entertained people. So I'm chatting with Eubank Jr. on Saturday, cage side at the UFC. Obviously, he's got the IBO belt now. I can say that while Adam's not in earshot because uh, you know how he feels about the IBO. But he was adamant. He was, you know, he was looking for big fights at super middleweight. I mentioned Callum Smith. He didn't jump all over the Callum Smith fight, but no. what he was saying, he would love a fight, whether it's super middleweight or middleweight. He just wants the biggest fights out there possible. He wants world titles. He's willing to travel. He would happily take any fight, but he, he kept bringing it back to middleweight. Yeah, he kept saying middleweight's my real weight class, though. Middleweight's where I can do the best business. But I, I'm in this for whatever because I was laughing about the UFC because he's a massive UFC yeah, fan. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And he said, "Listen, you never know. One day, if 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 the money was right, I'd get in the octagon. I'd have a go." He would. So right now, it's all I'm thinking about is where's the biggest paycheck, where's the biggest titles. That's all I'm interested in. And I think Eubank will get big opportunities because. You know, his lack of amateur experience, the fact that he has been outboxed twice, people look at that and go, I don't care whether you've beat James the Gale. There'll always be, I said, listen, the performance against the Gale was outstanding. All credit to you. You were phenomenal that night. But people in the industry know that James the Gale was a shadow, was a former self yes. as well. So Eubank Jr. will always get these opportunities because he brings massive eyeballs. He brings big pay-per-view money to the table, whether you like him or not. And I think he realises that. He, he realises his worth. Okay, he's only got the IBO belt for what that's worth. Hmm. But he realises what he brings to the table yeah. and that's why he's like, listen, is I'm only in it for the big fights, man. I yeah, really yeah. want big world titles. It was a, Well done. You got through that. That's superb. Have a drink of water, mate, because you first started going a little bit Jesus red there. You know, I thought you were going to pass out. Can't have in that. I mean, people obviously uh, have been complimenting <laughs> you about you fronting national radio coverage at the weekend of the, of the UFC and they said, listen, it's still not my favourite moment. The time that you threw up in a bin is, <laughs> is, is my most favourite moment <laughs> on this show and I didn't want you to keel over then and this be your final ever programme now that you peaked. Especially because there's no CCTV to catch it. No, there isn't, yeah. And yeah. I fainted and we were recording it. You'd yeah. have been over the moon. Yeah, yeah. You'd have left me. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but I got it on tape. That's it. That's it. We need to go viral. That's what we're here for, son. Um, it, it wouldn't be a Fight Disciples show if we're not talking about heavyweights at some point. It is rumoured um, that Deontay Wilder is going to turn down the offer from DAZN. Um, 100 million is, is is the reported offer. I've been told that it's in and around that from Shelley Finkel. Isn't it 20 for Brazil, 40 for AJ2? That's what's been reported. That's what's been reported, yeah. But what I'm, what I'm, my understanding from speaking uh, to Shelley Finkel at the weekend is this. They're going to announce the fight. So as you're listening to this podcast, it's probably already been announced. But of Tuesday of this week, uh, they will be announcing the Brazil fight in the States. May 18th is when it's going to happen at the uh, Barclays Center. That will be on Showtime. That's what I'm understanding. It's because it, the, the length of time in order to get things sorted financially, to be paying Brazil and all that type of stuff is a little bit of a fat. They've already got things in place 
for short time. So it's just an easier route to announce the fight. They want to get the fight announced. They want to get the fighters into camp and they want to get the logistics, the, the everything dotted and crossed and all that type of stuff. So I'm led to believe that that fight will be on Showtime pay-per-view, all right? Following that, it is then unknown as to where they will go. He wants to remain as a, uh, a free agent, Wilder, so therefore he can leave himself open to discuss stuff with Tyson Fury at ESPN. He can leave himself open to discuss things with Anthony Joshua yeah. at, at DAZN. One-off fights. Yes, but the fight next, this week that will be announced this week with Brazil will be on Showtime, so I'm led to believe. So on, on from he, could, he, could, he could throw a complete span in the works and not only announce that, but also announce, well, this is a multi-fight deal with Showtime Yeah, he well. could do. And you go, oh, for fuck's sake. Yes. So now he's tied in with Showtime. Showtime. Fucking AJ's tied in with the zone, mm-hmm. Fury's tied in with ESPN, all on multi-fight deals, and then that fucks us all. And up. then nothing's fucking. We out. need Wilder to, to go. It's a one-fight deal, that's just it. just for Brazil. That's it. I'm staying as a free agent. That's it. That's exactly what we need. But so why? But on the outside, it looks like he's because Eddie Eddie will spin this now. Yeah. Eddie will go. Well, you know, you the Skipper. The guy at the, the zone, yep. John Skipper's gone, and he said, "Right, we'll get, we, we, we've tried to sign Wilder." Wilder said, "No, for now." He said, "No." So therefore, the the rhetoric that's going to come out is, "Well, <clears throat> we told you, we tried to sign him and get him on the network because we're trying to make the AJ fight, and now he's the guy that's turned it down. So now you know that all the negotiations that we've been having since last September, it's all been on them, and look how hard they are to negotiate with and all this type of stuff. It's just bollocks." We're not interested. Just so, but, fucking get the fight. But on. Deontay Wilder, though, has been... He's been the one that's had one gone. I've never turned down a fight. I've never... So why why has he turned it down, then, do you think? The TV deal? Yeah, because it led to two... It was guaranteed two AJ fights. I don't know. Why has he turned it down? I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't know the ins and outs of the deal. I don't know what's on I, the table. I fucking won't walk away from a fight. He's never earned that before. He's never earned 40 million for one fight. So why would he turn he down two million. of them? He hasn't earned two 20 of them million. against AJ. Why would he turn? Why would he turn that down? My only thought why he's turned it down is that AJ's getting more from the zone, and his fear is if I sign with the zone, I'm gonna be, I'm basically gonna be. He's their puppet. Yeah, no, I'm gonna be the. Uh, it, it's kind of like the same situation with Sky Sports and Eddie. You've got, you've got Dillian White and you've got AJ. But AJ sits at the top table with the silver spoon hmm. and Dillian White's like, right, the okay. ugly little brother. Now, I just think maybe Wilder, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean he was ugly. That. Apologies quickly there to Dillian White. He Dillian. was one handsome motherfucker. Mate, just I've, got that a well funny, I've got a well funny story about Dillian in so a minute. That's my you. logic behind it, though. Maybe Tyson, maybe Wilder. Deontay Wilder's looking at that and going, wait a minute, if I do that, I'm, I'm not your top number one priority heavyweight. AJ is so when we when it comes to fight time, AJ will get all the benefits. AJ will get all the promos. You'll be behind him more because he's not getting forty and forty. He's getting seventy and seventy. Yeah. So I, I don't know whether that is what's involved. Otherwise, the re- you know it's like well, what more do you want? Yeah. You said you wanted AJ. Is AJ on a plate? Twice as much money as you've ever earned, and two fights back to back, and you've said no. I think the only reason is he's like nah. I, I ain't joining as the little brother. I want to be the main man. Fair enough. Do you want more Wilder stuff? Uh, yeah. more, more white Dillian White. Uh-huh. It's, it's hilarious, this, right? So, uh, uh, for people that don't know this, who only listen to Fight Disciples, I do a radio show on TalkSport, right? Which is uh, a boxing show on a Saturday night. Now, Dillian White, through that, you know, I wouldn't say we're mates, but we're, we, we get on. Me and Dillian get on. We have a bit of a crack every now and again. And he came in 
to uh, we've got uh, uh, some new studios, right? So he came into the new studios to record some stuff, a new show and stuff, and he, he's featured on a couple of programs. So he's, he he comes into the building. Now, a lot of people that follow boxing will know that there is a certain, I don't want to say journalist, but there's a certain person connected to talk sport that tweets all the boxing news in one area, right? Right? So they, they regurgitate everybody else's news from, let's say, ESPN or Matchroom or whatever it may be, and they stick it all on one Twitter feed and pipe it out. Yeah. Okay? Now, that particular person has said something negative about Dillian in the past, right? So Dillian comes into the offices and he goes, doing his thing and shaking hands. He goes, all right, mate, how are you doing? He goes, he goes, what? everybody knows now I'm talking about Michael Benson, right? Yeah. So he goes, where's that Benson? And I went, what, what do you mean? He goes, where's Benson? I want to talk to him <laughs> in his little uh, Jamaican twang accent. And I went, uh, I, th- I think he works on a different floor, mate. He's not. He's definitely not on this floor. He's not connected to the actual output of the radio station. He, I think he works on the website, this kid. I've, I've only met him once, right? I've never seen him at a show or anything, right? I've only seen him once. <laughs> and uh, Dillian then says, I need to see him. I said, why? What's up? He goes, he's been talking shit about me. I want to go and see him. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, he's going to go and fill Benson in, right? <laughs> and he wouldn't shut up through the whole interview. Every break in the interview, he's like going, have you asked Benson to come up? And I said, no, I'm not asking Benson to come up, right? <laughs> Listen, he's a little kid that, edit, that edits the website and puts stuff on Twitter. Leave it, Dill, he's right? Like You're a contender. fucking heavyweight, mate. Leave it. And he's like going, no, I need to see him because I need to put him right. He's ranked uh, Louis Ortiz more than me. And he's he's saying this about me. And he's saying this about me. I said, it's Twitter, Dill. Leave it. <laughs> no, nah, I'm going to fill him in. <laughs> So there you go. Benson, if you do listen to this podcast, I don't know if you Stay do, Stay away mate. from fucking Dillian White. No, no, no. You can thank me when you see me in the lift, right? Yeah. I'll stop Dillian White um, coming to fill you in, pal. Um, Just to reiterate as well, Dillian White is not AJ's ugly little brother. No, it's yeah, a very yeah. handsome yeah. man. I'm protecting very you as well. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, fights this weekend. This is Frank's re- rearranged Leicester card. Sam Bowen's on there against Jordan McCourt. It's a decent little knock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gorman's on that on the card as well. Against... Fuck knows. I think he needs to be. <laughs> I think he needs to be flashy this weekend, Gorman, doesn't he? He needs to do the business. He needs to look, out, f- he he needs for to look du- out for that double leg takedown. He's fighting fucking Fabio Maldonado, oh, the MMA fighter, former UFC fighter. It's for a WBC international. WBC nonsense, international silver. There you go. <laughs> WBC no international second rung no silver. So it's not even the WBC international, international belt. Yeah, it's the WBC international silver belt. What the fucking hell? Come on! I think he needs to be flashy this weekend. After what we saw he from Dubois a couple of weeks back, he, he needs to do something. Can be. Listen, Maldonado is a t- is a tough dude, but he's you know he's been around the block a million times in MMA. He's probably most famous for beating up Fedor in Brazil and in, in in Russia a couple of years ago. But then he got robbed of a decision. They made it a draw, but then the Russian MMA. Officials came out and went, yeah, we're scrapping that. Fido yeah. won. Because <laughs> that's how they we're, do it when Fido's fights. They said, we're refusing to acknowledge the judges on the night. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to say that Fido, Fido won, even though Maldonado won. Yeah. But anyway, he was in the UFC for a while. He's tough as anything. Obviously, boxing is his strength. He's, you know, he's 27 boxing fighters. Well, he's only lost one. Mm. But he's, he's not mixed in class like this. Gorman should absolutely steamroll him. Mm. Of course he should. Uh, there's also a card at the Copper Box. Well, I'm looking forward to Sam Maxwell on that card as well. Of course, yeah. Obviously, I know Super Sam really well. He's fighting for the WBO European again. It's a wank belt, but it gets him registered with the yeah. WBO and it gets him a ranking. So mm. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Copper Box, Charlie Edwards is defending his world title. Uh, Angel Moreno. You like mm-hmm. that? 
That's a spit so what happens when you hang around with Gareth A. Davies you try and pronounce stupid fucking names Angel Moreno his name on. is hang on. Angel Moreno hang on right don't talk to me about pronunciation I've had so much shit over the last 24 hours from people watching me talk about Jorge Masvidal allegedly you don't pronounce the G it's Jorge Jorge yeah well I've been calling him Jorge I called I, him George at one oh point. we're gonna call him fucking George <laughs> It'll have well gone off, won't it? We're talking, obviously, about uh, UFC, though, which is over on the, a different podcast. Uh, Charlie Edwards defending his world title crown. Uh, there's a nice little fight between Boatsy and Conroy uh, for the British light heavyweight title, and Nicole is taking on Wadi Camacho as well. Um, there's a couple of others on there, actually, that uh, um, stand out. A few debuts uh, and what have you, a little bit further down the, uh, the, the pecking order. Listen, it is what it is, and we were yeah. compl- not complaining, but we were mentioning earlier on that all the big boys and girls are off in the States, so we're looking for some new superstars. Where are those new superstars? But Watsi yeah. could be the guy. It could be, yeah. Game, you know, good on Liam Conroy for taking the fight that no no rise in British light heavyweight really wants because Boatsy just looks like he's he's a level above everybody. But, um, you know, this is Boatsy's chance to become British champion and to, to kick that one off and become a champion himself and move forward. And, you know, look how... I think Akoli's under pressure this weekend because, you know, Akoli's 11-0. He's headlined so many cards against domestic rivals and he fights another domestic rival here in Vod Camacho. And yet, because of his style, he gets so much stick mm. because of that punching punch and hold style that he's got. I think he's, he, he's really got to try and do something a bit different this weekend because he's gone from being a headliner yeah. to being Coco well, He's got to learn range, hasn't he? That's what he's got to do. He's got to use yeah. what he's got but he's winning fights. Yeah. It's just not entertaining, but he's winning fights. It's like, what more do you want? He's mm. only a baby himself. So I think there's a bit of, and obviously Camacho will come to fight. And listen, I think, uh, obviously I think Kakoli gets the job done. I just hope he's able to show us something a little bit different as well. Mm. Punch and move a little bit more, get your foot, get your footwork going. Um, but I also think the main event, Charlie Edwards, you know, don't sleep on these Spaniards. I told you before, this Angel Moreno, Spain at the moment's going through this weird little revolution in boxing and we're getting good guys in, in various weight divisions and this is just another little Spaniard that's going to come over here. He's on an incredible run. I'm sure he's on 10 straight wins. Mm. Um, of, of course, he's never boxed as high as this level, but Charlie Edwards is pretty much a brand new world champion and it won't be easy. This kid will come to fight and I think it could turn out to be a little cracker. Charlie will get a great reception as well at the Copper Box. Just a bit. Uh, off the back of that fantastic victory at the O2 at the back end of last year where he became world champ. Yeah, mm. the rehabilitation of Lewis Ritson on this card as well. That's what I was referring to, yeah, yeah. earlier on. Ritson coming back. He so. he's, well, he's moved up in weight. Let's see where he's at. Yeah, and he, well, he's fighting a guy. I, I had a look. <coughs> the Argentinian kid he's matched with, is, um, he's a lightweight as well. Mm. You know, he's, he's a career lightweight as well. So even though he's moved up a weight division, it's not like he's taken on someone that's a big, super lightweight. Mm. So hopefully we see Ritson get back to doing what he does best, and that's starching people. Fingers crossed, mate. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us. You can subscribe uh, via the iTunes feed. Please do so. And if you do, write us a little review. It helps us with our uh, our viewings and listings. I've reviews the... for a while, yeah. Like, Have we not? Let's get, I... new, let's get some new reviews going. I haven't had a look, actually. No, no, I think so. Some nice five-star reviews, please. Give us a few. In fact, we're going to get... Uh, Tickets for we Liverpool. promised a load of tickets for March 30th in Liverpool, yeah. So put your name in the frame straight away. Give us a five-star review. Yeah. Mention, you know, take the piss out of Adam in the notes and now stick it at the top of the <laughs> list for some of those free tickets. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go. He only uploads the podcast, he's coming. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to produce some stick. Yeah, I've got a chat on that actually on the UFC show, so make sure you go and have a bit of a listen to it. Um, 
Thank you very much for listening to us. You can get all our content on our website, fightdisciples.com, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Please come and be a part of that as well. Loads of little Instagram stories. I did an Instagram uh, TV at the weekend. Yeah, I tell you, we're branching out, kids. And you can get us all over YouTube as well. You're looking for Fight Disciples. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.